podcast where we break down the biggest industry news and trends by talking shop with the retail dive team, thought leaders, and executives. So 2017 was the year of fashion for Amazon, and 2018 is the year of groceries. That was Cooper Smith. He's the director of Amazon IQ Research at L2 Gartner. And to him, where Amazon will really make waves this year is in cultivating grocery. But that's not to say that other sectors are in the clear. As we know, Amazon has become much, much more than just an e-commerce seller. Considering its dominance over online sales, though, most brands at one point or another have weighed whether working with Amazon makes sense. And that's where Cooper comes in. As part of his job, he helps brands figure out how to have successful experiences selling with Amazon. And in other cases, he keeps them off Amazon and helps them hedge against the company's growth. I sat down with Cooper a few months ago at Shop Talk in Las Vegas, in a pretty noisy room by the way, to talk about what brands and retailers should be thinking about as Amazon continues to grow in private label, fashion, grocery, logistics, advertising, voice, and even more sectors as the year wears on. In some ways, this interview is sort of like a how-to deal with Amazon. Before we dive in, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Support for Retail Dive's conversational commerce comes from Synchrony. Whether you're working to build new retail experiences or just a better way to understand customers, Synchrony's data, analytics, and insights can help guide the way. You can learn more about their services by visiting synchronyfinancial.com. All right, here's our show. Welcome to the show, Cooper. Thanks for having me. You are the director of research at L2, and you manage um, Amazon's IQ section. So could you talk a little bit about what you do there, um, what kind of research you do on Amazon? For me, I cover Amazon specifically, so I help our brand clients manage their Amazon strategy. And if they don't distribute on Amazon, I help them figure out which do they do to hedge against Amazon's growth. Because you know, while it seems like from a consumer standpoint, you can buy whatever you want on Amazon, This relationship and dichotomy between first-party and third-party distribution means that a brand could have product on Amazon, but it's not really them selling that product. It's actually their third-party. So what's the most interesting part of Amazon? So I think the most interesting part about Amazon is that Jeff Bezos doesn't run Amazon like a traditional retail CEO. Becoming the world's largest retailer is really a means to an end. I think the real opportunity for Amazon, when you look at all these different industries that they're in, Cloud computing, shipping, delivery, logistics, advertising, retailing. I think it confuses a lot of people. And really what it all comes back to is that it's some part of the supply chain. So while Amazon got into cloud computing before they acquired Ring, which is more at the the end of the supply chain in the fulfillment side, um, in the end, they're bringing all these different services together to become the most vertically integrated company in the world. So when we talk about vertically integrated retail, you know, people oftentimes think about e-commerce startups like Bonobos or Warby Parker, right? There are these sexy young brands that they manufacture their products and they also sell their own products through direct-to-consumer website or through direct-to-consumer storefronts. Um, But that's just a small part of the supply chain. And Amazon is going all the way back to storage data and storing the actual data around supply chain management, which is AWS and all the way to the front of the supply chain, which is last mile delivery, and everything in between. So Amazon is really kind of revolutionizing uh, the supply chain in this manner, and I think it's it's what's having the greatest impact on retailers. So I want to just talk from a big macro level. What is Amazon looking at in 2018? What is it the year of? 
So if 2017 was the year of fashion for Amazon and 2018 is the year of groceries, uh, following the acquisition of Whole Foods, clearly this is going to be an area of major investment. Um, and they're going to attack it with everything they have. Um, they're going to be looking at uh, automating the Whole Foods store experience. Um, they're going to look to be cutting costs there. They're, they've already integrated Prime uh, into Whole Foods. Um, and they're also probably going to expand their private label lines. And I think it's tied to the overall private label story that we've been talking about for the past 12 months. Amazon launches private label brands to aggressively expand assortment in a category. You know, Whole Foods has relatively small assortment. And I don't think Amazon's goal with Whole Foods is to become the largest regional grocer or to become the largest organic grocer in the United States. I think they want to be a top grocer across the board, point blank. So that means they have to go head-to-head -head against uh, Walmart in that space. So Amazon, I think one prediction for this year is that you're going to see a lot more national food and beverage brands distributing through Whole Foods. So do you think this year brands are more afraid than ever to interact with Amazon or should be ready to partner in the ways that they can to get their brand and their products out there? You certainly can't out Amazon Amazon, but you can out brand Amazon. Um, and what I mean by that is that we're seeing a lot of retailers and brands that have been successful recently doubling down on things like the in-store experience. Best Buy is actually doing relatively well. You know, Amazon basically sent Circuit City into bankruptcy uh, in the 2008s, 2009s. Um, but Best Buy is doing really well, and that's because they actually reinvested in their store associates. They, they doubled down on in-store experience. And with brands, we're actually seeing a lot of brands continue to be successful without distributing on Amazon because they're focusing on things such as uh, customer loyalty and collecting data around their specific customers and not just some abstract demographic. And they use that data to target specific customer interests and, and specific customer shopping behavior. So what I would like to see at a lot more food and beverage brands, if they want to be successful, is to start working with the Kroger's and the Walmart's and to say, hey, how can we reduce friction in the grocery shopping experience? Because Amazon's trying to do this, and they're going to tackle it not from content, not from social media. They're going to tackle it from operational efficiency and automation, because that's what they do best. So I think you're going to see a lot more strange bedfellows um, in terms of partnerships between brands amongst themselves and also brands with retailers. What are the brands that don't need Amazon, and why don't they? I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few years, really high-end luxury brands got together and they launched their own marketplace. One of our predictions at L2 is that for brands that don't distribute on Amazon, but still want to uh, capitalize on e-commerce growth, they're going to need to create some sort of alternative uh, marketplace destination for shoppers to get their products. And so one way to do that is through partnerships. And we're already starting to see that. Uh, Walmart obviously partnered with Google. Google also brought on board Costco and Target as partners as well. So here's an example of retailers, media companies, brands coming together and letting bygones be bygones because Amazon is competing in so many different industries. I think you are going to see strange bedfellows of traditional players in those industries going across to other industries and saying, let's partner and let's take on Amazon. I, I want to talk a little bit about fashion, and you said you know last year was the the year really pushing into that, um, and it seems like private label really plays a big part of that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a really interesting report that came from your firm. 41 private label brands now. That is a lot. So it's actually double that now. Double that now. So um, we're going to be releasing a report shortly, which will be an updated private label report. We now count 80 private label brands, and 
more than half of those were launched in the past two quarters. The vast majority of their recent investment has been in apparel categories. And again, I think that's to fill that white space opportunity. What's interesting is that Amazon's moving beyond just selling low price basics. They're trying to also get into more contemporary categories. So they have denim jean private label now. They have women's shoes that are, that are being sold private label. But from an analyst perspective, we've yet to see those brands gain any traction. Amazon's bread and, and butter private label brands continue to be those low price basics that really compete on commodity. So I, I think what's interesting when it comes to Amazon pushing into these spaces is at the same time, of course, they're courting brands that are in the activewear and, you know, all these other footwear and all these things that they're getting into. So how do brands think about the fact that Amazon can choose on Prime Day to only, you know, highlight its own brands as opposed to the Calvin Kleins and the Nikes of the world? Well, I mean, Amazon's not for everyone. I mean, Nike... I mean, they're pulling their hair out right now because they they gave it a shot. They tried officially distributing on Amazon, and it's not been going well, in, in my opinion. Um, there continues to be too much third-party assortment for Nike-branded products on Nike. It's kind of a slap in the face because when you are searching on Amazon for some women's running shorts, the product that wins Amazon's choice, which is Amazon saying this is the best-in-class product, it's being sold by a third-party seller. It's not being sold by Nike. Now, to the consumer, they don't care. And I think if the consumer doesn't care because they're getting a product regardless of who's selling it to them, I don't think Amazon really cares. This is another area where I think brands and retailers have an opportunity. It's to help each other. I think retailers could be better partners to, to brands. Um, that are struggling with their Amazon partnership. So if Nike's pulling its hair out, uh, what brands do well on Amazon? PVH, which owns Calvin Klein, they had a tremendous fourth quarter recently. I mean, they were really running on all cylinders. They've aggressively um, experimented with influencers. And so that really helped. But as one of Amazon's earliest partners, they've also been one of the brands that has been able to take advantage of new initiatives by Amazon. So uh, CK, Calvin Klein, partnered with Amazon on pop-up stores. And we've heard that it went extremely well. So this is an example of, again, Amazon actually befriending some of its earlier partners. I think it's a lot of those brands that held out, um, and they really want Amazon to come to the bargaining table with, here's everything we'll give you. And Amazon says, why? Why, why should we do that? Do you think there's a chance that some of these brands that aren't you know, loving their partnership with Amazon, get scooted onto Walmart's marketplace or other marketplaces? So, yeah, I think in one part, you're going to see brands partnering to launch their own marketplace. And then I think you're going to have other brands which say, we don't want to create a new marketplace, but we want an alternative. And I keep hearing murmurings in the market about Jet.com. So I think if Mark Lowe was smart, I think that he would position Jet.com as an alternative to Amazon and specifically the Prime membership. Because Jet.com shopper demographic is actually very similar to the Prime member. I want to switch gears this year. You said is the year Amazon will really push into grocery. Yep. Um, you know, there's a little bit more detail out now. You can gauge how well Whole Foods is being integrated to the Prime ecosystem. Tell me a little bit about where Amazon is right now with grocery and how it stacks up to Walmart and Kroger and the like. So they still have a ways to go. And in fact, Walmart is now aggressively expanding its grocery pickup and grocery delivery across the country to the point where it actually has 
better penetration of those services than Amazon does. Prime was obviously the, the early integration, the first thing to change, and that had to be done because grocery is, of all the categories, one where loyalty is super important. In terms of what they're going to do next, again, I think you're going to see a lot more national brands starting to distribute Coca-Cola, uh, Nestle, a lot of those types of brands. I think you're going to start seeing coming into Whole Foods stores. The other thing, obviously, is Amazon Go. Amazon Go represents everything that Amazon's good at, and they're going to integrate some version of Amazon Go into Whole Foods because it has everything that they need to disrupt groceries to a significant scale. Automation has always been core to Amazon's operational efficiency. When you look at Kiva systems and the logistics part of the supply chain, automation is really key to Amazon's strategy and everything it does. The other is customer data. Amazon needs to collect customer data to innovate the way that it does, both in terms of manufacturing new private label products, because it has come out and said that we manufacture products based on what you, the customers, say about products on Amazon. So they use that data. Also, they use that data to increase the loyalty around Prime and also for targeting customers uh, through the Amazon search engine and trying to improve uh, that shopping experience and reduce friction there to increase conversion. Amazon Go does both of these things, collect data and automate. Now, I think the reason that they are shying away from admitting that is because there's a huge privacy debate going on. Uh, and so they're worried maybe what the customers might think before it's yes. proven concept? Good example of that, 2013, the target data breach, right? Sure. Immediately sent shockwaves throughout uh, national media, throughout financial markets, and it took them years to recover from it. I recently got to visit the new Amazon bookstore in Washington, D.C., and I think what's interesting about that is how many non-books there are there. Um, so you walk in and there's a roll of blenders, and then, of course, a lot of the stores about devices. You can test all the different variations. Amazon using stores, not only like the bookstore, but also Whole Foods, as kind of a Trojan horse to bring in the devices and get customers used to using Alexa in different ways. Yeah, I, I'm glad you bring that, bring that up because the Amazon bookstores aren't about selling books. Amazon didn't demolish Barnes & Noble and Borders just to piss on their graves and open up a bookstore. Right and, and in some places, you know, it used to be a Barnes & Noble where they're opening right. up. Exactly. <laughs> these I mean, Amazon stores. It doesn't get any more humiliating than that. So these stores were never about books. When you look at the big opportunities in brick and mortar for Amazon, it's groceries. It's the largest untapped opportunity in e-commerce. It's a $750 billion a year market in the United States alone, and less than 3% of sales are online. So in order for Amazon to conquer groceries, it had to get into brick and mortar. Amazon Fresh has been around for over 10 years. And when you look at how they really kind of failed to disrupt groceries to the degree that they have in other categories, I bet Jeff Bezos thinks Amazon Fresh is a failure. Um, and they needed to make an acquisition like Whole Foods to really disrupt that category. Do you think now that it's been some time since the Whole Foods merger um, has passed that we're seeing it be a successful acquisition for them and they truly are disrupting the industry? You know, I, I do believe that uh, Amazon will become a top five grocer in the United States within 10 years. Um, you know, one thing that we've observed over the years is that there's a tipping point in digital commerce. That is, that when digital accounts for 20% of sales in a retail category, that is when there is a monumental event, which usually favors Amazon and is usually to the dismay of a legacy retailer. So a good example of this is 2005. Books hits the tipping point of 20%. 
the next year, Amazon surpassed Borders in book sales. We saw the same thing in consumer electronics. 2008, 2009, tipping point, Circuit City goes bankrupt. We saw the same thing in sporting goods when Sports Authority went bankrupt right around the same year as this tipping point. Last year, tipping point hit the apparel category. Uh, roughly 23% of apparel sales in the United States are now online. And Amazon's expected to surpass Macy's any day now to become the largest fashion retailer in the United States. I think when brands are thinking about Amazon and their strategy for working with them or working away from them, Alexa is, is a big one, and voice in general, and how do you tap into that market in your own unique way? Um, you know, one of the predictions that you had mentioned for this year is that Alexa could offer a pay-to-play version. So I'm interested if you could talk a little bit about what are the implications then for brands. A lot of brands are asking us at L2, how can we increase our visibility or our audibility? And Amazon doesn't have a whole lot of levers for brands to pull on Alexa yet. So I think that if Amazon was smart, they would monetize Alexa to not only uh, increase their overall advertising business, but also to give brands another avenue to increase their own visibility. This is kind of a win-win situation for Amazon. So are there any other big segments do you think Amazon will move into this year? You know, I think this year Amazon has a lot on its plate. And (laughs) I think they are kind of taking their foot off the pedal just a little bit. You know, there's this brewing sentiment both on Capitol Hill and also just among the public. Let's break up Amazon. Um, You know, when you look at at Walmart, which is the biggest competitor to to Amazon, truly, there's a huge contrast between Walmart and Amazon. I mean, Walmart is going around the country running national TV ad campaigns, gloating about how many veterans they hired. And Amazon is looking at how can they cut jobs and how can they, or not necessarily cut jobs, but how they look to increase efficiency through automation. I think advertising and marketing will also continue to be a huge growth story this year for Amazon. With the brands that we work with at L2, not a week goes by where I don't hear a large brand saying that they're increasing their ad budget for Amazon this year. And what's interesting about advertising is that it's a zero-sum market. So it's always been 1% of GDP in the United States. So it doesn't matter if it's the year 1900 or if it's the year 2020. You can always predict what what advertising spend is going to be because it's going to be 1%. How is Amazon able to launch into these new markets and pretty quickly become a major player in them? And when or is there a tipping point for them where they can't successfully be in all these places? So this is really kind of the new age of retail where we're not just talking about retail. We're talking about the entire supply chain. We're talking about becoming completely vertically integrated, which is what Amazon's doing. Now, to Amazon's luck, the first business they started with in the supply chain was retail. And that is the one that I think is most personable to consumers. It's the one where consumers got a lot of satisfaction out of interacting with brands and retailers. So Amazon has gained a tremendous amount of trust from a huge amount of consumers. And Amazon is using the power of trust among a large cohort of people to get into other industries. I think Amazon's a beloved company today, um, and so long as it is by consumers, I think Amazon will continue to be a force which will have a lot of momentum as it gets into other businesses. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Conversational Commerce. For all the latest updates on industry news, analysis, and trends, subscribe to our free daily newsletter at retaildive.com and stay tuned for more episodes. Until next time, I'm Corinne Ruff, and this was Conversational Commerce.